0: You are now tuning in. Can you feel the beat? This is your Bunga Pulse. Hello, welcome to the Bunga Pulse podcast where we're going to be. This is a new podcast that we're starting out, and the main purpose is we're going to keep keeping the pulse of the Bunga world. Uh, introducing myself, my name is Salman Mirza, uh, and we have my partner with me, You're Jay Core. All right, and uh, some of us, some of you guys may know us. Others, this is going to be your first time you're hearing about us. So we're going to, before we start this whole thing up, we're going to give ourselves a little bit of an introduction. Like like I said, my name is Salman. Um, I'm one of the, I'm I'm known as one of the first Pakistani guys in the whole Bunga community. Um, I started off dancing back in the year 2000 um, at Siena College Bunger. It was a small school in upstate New York. Um, most of our team was non Desi. Um, we had one, two Punjabis on the team, and we never really, really like got into like, huge competitions or anything like that. But we stayed pretty much local and we kind of built up our team from there. Um, and my career didn't end when I graduated from school. I went on, I, I coached. Um, Syracuse Orange Bungara. and then I went on a little bit later to start off uh, SMD, Bunger Club, Shan Murtianandi, and part of other things I've done is I have um, judged a few competitions, I have gone on and I was one of the co-founders of BhangraTeamsForum.com, and currently, I'm like right now, I'm a little bit out of bunger for the most part, you could say. Um, the main thing I've been doing is focusing on my career. Uh, right now, I'm in my fourth year of medical school. And I am hoping to get residency in psychiatry. And that's me. Here's a little dear to talk a little bit about herself.
1: Hi. So I started out dancing back in 2004 as a freshman in college. I was actually on an all-girls team called Pink, which was comprised of alumni from NYU and then my young self. Um, I danced on Columbia Bungra for three years. Um, had a great time there. There's a lot of good memories. And then once I graduated, I was captain of Sean Mutiai, the SMB Bunger Club, with Salman. Um, so definitely a lot of experiences there, and had a great time so far, and, you know, really looking forward to seeing where the Bunger scene goes. And, you know, based on our experiences, we have so much, so many opinions to offer here.
0: All right, we have, like, give or take, you know, plus or minus 50 million years of Bunger experience, so we can, we have some kind of idea of what's been going on in the whole scene. So you may be asking like, what what this whole thing is about um, and why you're listening to this. So what we want to do with the goal of this Bhangra Pulse podcast is that we want to have a weekly podcast covering a different topic each week. Um, some of the topics that we have lined up are basically the role of females, women in Bhangra, uh, the evolution of mixes, how they've gone from being simple cut and paste to kind of what they are now, judging, judging in the bungar world and all the things that go along with that. Of course, we're going to talk about the traditional versus modern, because what is to talk about Bhangra without talking about traditional versus modern Bhangra? Uh, also, like an evolution of the competitive scene and like everything that it entails.
1: We're also going to have a guest for each podcast who's relevant to that topic. So, for example, judging, we'll invite prestigious judge in the North American scene, female Bhangra, someone who's been influential to the female Bhangra scene, etc. So a lot of great people lined up for the upcoming weeks.
0: Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So definitely stick around and be a fan of this so
1: exactly so for our inaugural podcast we'd like to introduce our first guest uh, his name is yasa sui Raparla. no one knows him by that name so everyone else knows him as sui from BTF, or as i personally like to say yasa swine flu welcome sui what's
2: up guys how are we doing today
0: wonderful wonderful
1: why don't you tell Thanks us for having me on
0: it's our pleasure so tell us a little bit about yourself and about your, your personal bunga background, not just necessarily dancing, but just, you know,
2: what you've done as well. So I actually, uh, I grew up in the D.C. area, um, and I grew up going to lots of bunga blods. I think my first one was probably like, I think, 98 or something like that. So I had seen it for a long time. Um, hadn't, like, ever really danced, though, till I got to college. And I went to Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, CMU, bunga. Um, and there I danced for four years. I was captain for two um, and I just graduated this past May. So um, while I was there, I was also part of First Class Mangara. So between those two teams, um, I've danced in all over the country. I've danced in Boston, Bayside, Bruin twice, um, Fusion twice, you know, so I've been uh, I've been to a lot of competitions. I think, I think I counted something like 16, 17 comps in the past four years. Um, and now that I'm graduated, Uh, I just danced at Bulldog with uh, BMW, which was a completely different style of Bhangada than I've done before. Um, So that was really tight. So I've kind of been all over the country. I've met all sorts of teams. I've seen all sorts of teams. I've now danced on like multiple different styles of teams, co-ed, all guys, a little more traditional, a little bit more modern like that. Um, And so I think it's just given me a very, um, what I would consider a pretty balanced look at sort of and and dancing, that type of stuff. And then on top of that, also do a lot of mixing um, uh, and do team mixes and stuff, too. So I've interacted with a lot of teams that way and got to see how a lot of teams sort of approach uh, sets and Bhangra and, and all that type of stuff, too. So.
0: so- yeah, one of the things we definitely touched upon, like we want to like kind of expand a little bit about it is, you know, you you said you you've danced on some East Coast teams, and now now you're dancing with BMW on the West Coast. How would you describe like the difference between East Coast style of dance and the West Coast style of dance?
2: Yeah, actually, that's a it's a really good question. I think the the biggest thing is um, California has so many teams that uh, right. they don't they don't really see a lot of what's going on outside of them. And, I, and, and it's the same for the East Coast, too, you know, outside of the East Coast, we don't really see a lot of what's going on, except for the really national sort of stuff, the really, really visible stuff, you know? So I think one of the things is when, when, I, when I came, right, um, the approach is a little bit different. Like, for the most part, it was, okay, let's, you know, do a gimmick here, let's do a gimmick here, let's act out this part here, you know, let's go really literal with sort of the lyrics here. Um, and I think a big part of that is, I, f- I feel, this is how I felt, but I feel the California scene is extremely Punjabi, okay. whereas on the East Coast, I think you see a lot less of that, or it's not as prevalent. I think you see a lot more non-Punjabis um, coming out, and that's, not, of course, not to say that there aren't non-Punjabis dancing in California or anything like that, but I just think it's more prevalent, and so the, I think there's a much more of an emphasis on, like, lyrics, um, the particular song selections and stuff like that, and, and I think I think um, there's much more connection to sort of the audience where they're really, really focused on just, okay, let's just make it really entertaining for the audience. Whereas on the East Coast, I think there's much more of a sense of what a set entails um, and how to make it, like, technically also very exciting for people who are in Bangladesh. Does that make sense? Like, sort of like, it's almost like populous sort of in California. And on the East Coast, we sort of moved to a place where, sets are now not just about the audience, but also about people who also are really into Bhangada as well, if that makes sense. So I think that's probably sort of the biggest thing that I I kind of felt coming from East Coast to West Coast.
1: Definitely. And that's that's really interesting, because it's not something you always think about, you know, because everyone's very honed in on what they're used to and what their experiences have been in their area. So it's great to have that kind of insight. I know I personally don't have too much experience dancing on Cali teams, obviously. I've been to Cali. Right. Totally different thing. Um, so, you yeah, know, definitely great and very insightful. Um, so for our listeners, today's podcast format, since it's our first podcast, we're, we were going to do a lightning round format or... <laughs> sort of work- and Exactly. Right. Or, I like to call it the Bung PTI. So we're going to spend exactly a minute and a half on each of the six topics that we plan on covering for the next six weeks, essentially. So literally a an minute and a half, we're going to have a very loud and obnoxious alarm that will cut us off. So let yeah. have at it.
0: All right. So one of the first topics we want to talk about is the rise of BTF or BungerTeamsForum.com. Um, starting out as one of the original people, I remember when um, I, was, I was contacted by Salim Malkana to kind of get more people into the, into the new forum. We kind of wanted to do it as a to kill off P.O.L., you know all the trash talk and everything like that and just kind of expand the community as a whole so that was the main thing with us so
1: absolutely yeah and i remember i have the POL days where it was just so much trash talk and people hiding behind anonymous screen names and no one ever thought that people would in it and so in btf arose, um just the fact that it's come so far in the last what three years is huge you know there's a lot of transparency there and it's, it's really been great
2: well I, I actually what's interesting is um I hear so many comments now where you could actually substitute BTF with Poll and it would be the exact same comment that was made maybe four, five years ago. And my reaction to that, you know, obviously we're all uh, really close and we're all moderators on BTF, so we've kind of gotten to know each other through that. But the one thing I tell them all is BTF, unlike what I think Poll was, is completely about the community. What people put into it is what you get out of it. You know, we don't sit here and try to use BTF to influence anything or do anything like that. You know what I mean? Like there's no... For it, ah. what all
0: right so that's our that was our first topic so.
1: <laughs> so our next topic is judging um i personally have a lot to say on this topic um i know when we, bunger started out about six or you know when it really got big you know probably around a decade ago it was literally just aunties and uncles didn't know anything about bunger, i was sponsors and these days it's gone in the complete opposite direction and it's primarily current dancers uh dancers of dancing over the past five years and it's gotten very political as well, so there's a lot of controversy behind that, and there's a lot of different opinions versus which one is...
2: So I think uh, with judging, it, it's always going to have to follow an evolution, just like with the scene. Um, I had a judge once um, ask why we didn't use a full song, why we kept switching between songs. You know, So obviously, it's a very old mentality, um, and I think now, like what Deer just said, is that we're seeing that we've almost gone the opposite direction, where we have people that are too close to the circuit, but I think it's just something that's going to have to happen um, organically, where we just have to keep moving, keep finding judges that we're happy with, and whoever we find now might not be who we particularly want judging in three, four years from now, and that's okay. That's fine. As right, the circuit right. evolves, so too does the judging. Right. I, like I think
0: I, I'm think I'm coming from a different perspective. I've actually judged a couple competitions. I'm not sure if any of you guys have, uh, but it's it's different because like you know you, we're so close to the scene, like we said before, and. You know, I've—I mean, I haven't danced in a while, but I've been, you know, in contact with the scene for such a long time, actively either through BTF or through my affiliation with SMD. So it's just difficult, but it's like it's got its pluses and its minuses as well. So, there's that. All right, the next topic is—we're uh, gonna talk a little about mixes. So, mixes. All right, sweet.
2: Solid. Um, so, for me, I think, like, just. Like uh, choreography and sets, um, and just like the way the scene is going, mixes are also going to have to evolve. So, one thing that I'm really, really impressed with is the quality of the mixes. Um, and to some extent, that's made it harder for a lot of teams to stand out. Um, but I actually see it the opposite way. I think that means that when a team stands out, they really stand out now. So, you know, it's not just about putting in beats and putting in, you know, sound effects. Now, it's also about song selection and flow and all these other things that really make you unique compared to other teams. So, I see it as a plus. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I
0: obviously see it as a plus, too. Like, I, back in the day, like, I was I was considered one of, like, the top mixers. And, you know, compared to, like, you know, the stuff that we heard maybe, f- you know, four or five years ago, compared to what to have now, there is no comparison. It's just the technical level is, has advanced so far that it's, you know, it's, it's mind-boggling to think that, you know, not only are these guys just the teams they're just they're getting professional DJs to make their mixes for them and I remember back when it was literally just cut and paste songs and you know that that was it
1: yeah I mean I I have a problem with a lot of mixes made today purely because they're made for um, people you have to download them listen to them in their car not from the audience perspective I can count on my hand over the past year, the number of mixes I heard on stage that I could point out the songs and point out what parts I liked of the mix. And I really think that teams, a lot of people need to go back to focusing on making having that effect be... On- okay. <laughs> Alright.
0: Uh, the next topic we're going to talk about are females in Bhangra. Um, this is actually something I've, I was very close to because I was... I think from my point of view, I was one of the first guys to really get behind the whole motion or the whole movement of of women of all girls bhangra teams and you know starting out and you know my team started off sob was a co-ed team and then just became um an all girls team and i just saw that like there was nothing that really should have stopped women from dancing bhangra even though it's considered a manly art form
1: really um i know i've been on three all girls teams at this point pink orange and smd and i really have seen a rise and fall in in the in the trends of female bhangra. I mean, you had that powerhouse era of UBC and SK, and I could not stop watching those women dance. And you know, now it's, it's it's. I think we're at kind of a crossroads where girls have to figure out how to set themselves apart, or can they compete with men doing what men do? And I think that's kind of where we're at right now.
2: Um, I think I think it's interesting because you you have such a a diverse array of all-girls teams. You know, you have some girls that are really, for lack of a better word, girly, um, but, but like, really embrace sort of the things that they enjoy, you know? And you have some girls that are really just trying to be an all-guys team, um, but just with all girls, you know? And and I think both are fine, both are good, because it is diverse, and it does give us, you know, I think, better, uh, like, competitions that way. Is that that the new one? (laughs) No, sorry, that was just my my ringtone. There it is. Um, but yeah, I, I just think uh, the one thing that we need to figure out is um, how to how to judge girls fairly because I think I think that hasn't really caught up to sort of uh, the scene right now. So.
1: Absolutely, Can can I add one thing in response to that. Oh, as well? Yeah, of
2: course, of course.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, and I think um, we're definitely at the point where um, girls are starting to realize that they that they're talented enough and they can beat guys because in the past it's been okay we can't beat guys in what they do and it has to be set, just setting ourselves apart in a different way. And now it, we're really at that. Point. You're right that you know people can start judging them at the same level as guys.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the next uh, topic,
1: which so is yeah of the bunger scene which is a very heavy topic um, I mean it, it started out you know when I was there it was it was at the at the point where it was starting to get infiltrated with independent teams and but the scene was very much still collegiate and it was hanging out with people who were just like you um, who were having the same experiences as you and who are using bunger as a as a way to connect to a culture that you weren't necessarily too connected with outside of outside of bunger. and so um, it's really gotten gone from that to the point where it's it's fully you know, integrated with Punjabi culture and, and the, the larger Punjabi community in North America.
2: Yeah, and I think um, the move away from collegiate uh, has brought a lot of uh, great things. I think the quality of dancing has improved um, just because people are dancing for a lot longer. You know, I think it's it's become more important to them in a lot of ways. Um, but I think also at the same time, like, you're getting a lot of 15, 16, 14 13-year-olds that are dancing, and by the time they reach college, they've been dancing for six, seven, eight years competitively, um, and, I, and it's really a part of their identity, I think almost to a fault. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see sort of where things are four years from now. Um, right, right, When you have all of these people who have been dancing for so long, you know, what do they do? Are they going to step up? Are they going to move the circuit? Or, you know, are they just going to sort of step away and leave these voids? So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I'm seeing it from a
0: different point of view, too. Like, I remember back when I was dancing, like, the whole scene was about reaching out community and seeing people with, f- f- you know, similar interests as you. But now I think the whole scene has developed into, like, a whole, like, a party mentality where the whole thing is just, you know, getting together for a weekend and just having, doing whatever you want to do kind of thing. So, I mean, that's my point of, of opinion. I mean, right? and, so, and yeah.
2: we're all guilty of that. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's no good doubt good. that we're all
2: we're um, So it's not like it's good or bad. Right, right, right it definitely has changed yeah,
0: so. alright then the last topic for the week is 30, 90 seconds <laughs> on the traditional versus modern debate and go oh. sweet <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, um, so I actually have, have had this conversation like everyone a lot of times and the way I really look at it is, is, is like this so I actually consider and, and these are just words of course but I actually consider traditional or what is generally noted as traditional bangadar is almost classical bangadar where the emphasis is on form and like a, a sort of a set, right? So in in classical dance in India, right, um, you do the basically the same set um, over like between multiple dancers, right? But the but the thing that they judge is really the form and sort of how you're performing it, um, the particular set. And so that's how I see traditional bhangra. Whereas I see modern bhangra, um, where the form doesn't really matter as much, and what the emphasis really is is on synchronization and sort of everyone doing the same thing if that makes sense so it's not so much that you're doing the step in a certain way but that everyone is doing the step together and I think that's how I kind of view this, the two things where traditional is much more about this classical sort of form that you know we've created sort of in the past 10 years right. um, and, and modern is much more about just sort of a, a general performance using Bhangara inspired steps. So.
0: I think you, you pretty much nailed that, but I think like adding on I think modern is a lot more about entertainment for the masses and traditional is more about entertainment for uh the people who are really really into it so there's but at the same time it's they're both made for different audiences almost
1: yeah absolutely and um yeah going off of that point um you know i just a great example is know.
0: Continue. Um, why not, continue with continue
1: with a great example. My non-Indian friends hate, will not go to Bunrak dances anymore unless Empire is performing, and so it's it, you know while well, back then I was so accessible but to everyone. So it's a very interesting debate because obviously traditional is also a beautiful out, art form. All right, well, thank you so much, Sweet for joining us on our inaugural podcast, and we will definitely have you back on future ones. Definitely, definitely.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Well, it, was, it was our pleasure. It was awesome. Good luck. I'm sure there'll be a lot of great discussions coming out of this, and I, I hope uh, people sort of listen and then maybe give some feedback or something and, and uh, we make it something really big.
1: Definitely. Thank you. Um, and just a reminder to all our listeners, this will be a weekly podcast, so you subscribe to the Bungra Pulse on iTunes. Um, and if you subscribe, you can automatically download them to your preferred listening device, iPod, iPhone, computer. Um, and you can find us just by searching Bungra Pulse on iTunes.
0: Yep. So you can always look for, we're always looking for new topic ideas and guests. So if you feel like you'd be a, a good guest on the show or you have a good topic for us to discuss with you know our combined 400 years of Bungar experience, please shoot us an email at pulse at gmail.com.
1: And next week we have Danny from APD and hopefully a member of Casa Junction, my personal favorite, to discuss... <laughs> modern bunger in a traditional world so we're definitely looking forward to that yeah it should
0: be a should be a great discussion so
1: exactly well thank you all all
0: right thank you and we'll see you next week